everybody. Welcome to another episode, episode 59 of the Canberra Football Show. Matt Nicoletti joining you today. Joining me today is Michael Georgesi. Michael, how's it going? Are you enjoying being back in Canberra? Or? Yeah, just having to, you know, climatize again from the nice warm weather up in Queensland back down here. But, you know, it's, it's been all right. Um, you know, when you've lived in, you know, Canberra for long enough, even though when you go off to another place, that's a bit warmer. I guess you just get sort of used to it and you expect it so um no it's been fine and obviously there was a a lot of action over the course of the weekend some big results as well matt across the three leagues that we'll delve into fairly shortly but nevertheless a good weekend of football again in canberra it's always it's always pleasant to see you know goals being scored and you know shock results coming in here and there it sort of just adds to the mix of what sort of Canberra football can bring so another great weekend and uh keen to get into it uh, with you how are you going yeah not too bad thanks uh, of course we've got the week end off uh next week due to the Kanga Cup so if you're if you're bored and uh Want to do something with the kids taking down to the Kanga Cup? Uh, that'll hopefully the weather will hold up because remember, I'm sure you remember playing Kanga Cup every yeah. single, nearly every single day, at least two of the three, two of the five days are raining. So um, let's hope it holds up for them in that regard. But nice to see one of the biggest football tournaments in the Southern Hemisphere back in Canberra after a two year hiatus due to COVID. Um, so, in saying that though, uh, before the weekend off, like you said, Michael, we had a few uh, interesting results and uh, Let's leave it this way. A lot went on. So let's get straight into it, shall we? MPL, let's start with, we begin with two nil-all draws on the Saturday games. One was Olympic against Tigers FC. Uh, second draw of the weekend since the West Canberra and Monaro one started before them 45 minutes earlier. Tigers, uh, the Tigers winless run sort of continues um, as they're sort of struggling for wins at the moment. But uh, this was an important point uh, considering how West Canberra are doing and Belco doing just below them. A few shakeups on both sides. Nathan Medjic and Nick Popovich lined up for Olympic. They've made the move back to Canberra Olympic where they were from originally. Obviously, two pivotal players. Popovich scored a lot of goals for, uh, for Tigers. And, of course, Nathan Medjic was the captain of Tigers. So, but... Uh, Tigers did get Kofi Danning up front, uh, which is a big get for them. And as I'll mention shortly, he was linking up quite well. He dropped back a lot. He was that focal point of play where he could, you know, do one twos off the other players and the wingers running in. So uh, he seems to be a a player that can pull the strings up front and uh, be that sort of target man to, you know, pass off and uh, continue play. But before we start, Michael, what do you think of Tigers' uh, new jersey? It was a lighter shade of yellow, mm. sort of like a Villarreal submarine yellow. It's good to see because I'm, if I'm not mistaken, uh, someone can correct me and I'm sure they'll message me if I'm wrong, but that sort of idea of the Tigers jersey has been very similar for a while. Yeah, no, it's always good seeing a new jersey being introduced. I mean, it so often doesn't really happen all that too much, you know, especially here with the teams that we have. Um, obviously we've been so accustomed to jerseys and like team, teams just sticking with it um, 
for, for years on end. Uh, obviously, that sort of goes into the finance side of things as well, um, you know, in, in terms of what clubs sort of have those funds available to want to be able to go through that process of getting some new jerseys and whatnot. But, you know, um, a welcoming addition. And, and like you said, a bit of that sort of Villarreal yellow submarine sort of vibe uh, to it. So, no, I'm, I'm a fan of uh, new jerseys. Um, keep, keep them coming, I reckon. Uh, who knows now? They, they might have just started a trend. Tigers, we might see some more uh, down the line. Well, to be fair, Ty, uh, Gungalan changed their shirt every year and Olympic had a new shirt this year. Uh, Monaro's was a little new, but it's still sort of the similar thing. So uh, the reason why this stood out to me was because, like I said, it was a lighter shade. It was just sort of, you know, it really, um, it really popped out in that regard. Um, in terms of the play, though, uh, pretty close all across the board. The pitch was super choppy from when mm. <laughs> for you could see it was, uh, it was, yeah. Like we, we mentioned it. If a lot, I think I mentioned it last week when I was doing the women's game with Jeremy, how choppy it was. And after the rain, it didn't hold up uh, very well, but credit to both sides. They still both tried to play their football. Uh, they both tried to, they didn't really change up their game despite, you know, the way the pitch was. Um, one thing I'm interested to see with Olympic uh, is obviously Popovich played sort of as the 10, the Heggy up top, and then Alan James sort of played out wide. Uh, when Alan James has mostly been uh, in behind the striker most of the season, uh, I know there's been certain games where it's been a bit different, but it's going to be interesting to see how they amalgamate. Popovich played well with um, Alan James and all that. Uh, also, uh, James is one of their leading goal scorers, I believe, as well for Olympics. So it's going to be interesting to see how... Robbie Katnak sort of uh, plays around with that team. He's got plenty of options though, um, which isn't, you know, which isn't a bad thing to have, uh, but it's going to be interesting to see how they play, especially since James probably for me has been one of the unsung heroes this season. Uh, so he's probably going to find a way to, you know, find the best out of all players. Cause when you've got to play like Popovich, obviously you want to um, get the best out of him as well. So I'm sure it'll take a couple of weeks to get that going, but once again, another lethal addition up front for Olympic. Uh, like I said, in terms of Tigers, Kofi Danning uh, seems to be a, you know, a very good signing. Obviously he's, you know, one of the more accomplished players to come out of Canberra recently. And um, he's been up front for Monaro quite a bit this season, uh, probably more than he was last season, um, even with COVID aside and uh, the COVID period off aside in general. So, so essentially Tigers still remain in sixth as do Olympic. Uh, they both remain two points off each other. Olympic only one point um, off, O'Connor now due to O'Connor's loss uh, instead of two, but O'Connor do have that matching hand against West Canberra. So it's going to be interesting to see how this goes. Uh, Tigers still five points off West Canberra. West Canberra, of course, gained that one point on Velcro, like we'll mention later. Like we said, though, scoreless draw. We haven't had too many this season. I think um, Croatia and Monaro were the only ones. Uh, so I just sort of wanted to um, break down what I saw of the new signings and in that regard. Yeah, well, like you mentioned, uh, Matt, uh, two goalless draws this weekend, and I can't remember the last time that's ever happened, let alone I one draw. Croatia against Monaro, I believe, in one of the first rounds of the season. Yeah, I but it's that's... just a very rare uh, occasion is uh, my, my point in case. And, you know, West Canberra, obviously unbeaten now, Matt, in, in two games uh, for the first time this season. Um, you know, obviously coming off a, um, a win, sorry, uh, and then backing that up with a, with a draw. So... To be able to have four points from their last two games is something they haven't been able to do um, at all this season. Obviously, coming off their first win of the season uh, last time out. And, you know, it, it 
it's a good point uh, for West Canberra. I know that they're sort of down towards you know the the bottom end, the bottom of the table, but when you look at it from the perspective of how how good Monero has been over the last you know however many games, Matt, you know Monero have, have been playing with a such a great confidence and they've picked up some great results. Obviously, one of the informed teams in the competition, and you know. It, I think when you look at it from that perspective and what West Canberra have had to endure sort of at the start of the season and now they're sort of, you know, picking picking things up after, you know, the run that they had in the Australian Cup qualifiers, you know, things are really turning around for them, you know. Uh, things are starting to look a lot more sort of positively out on the pitch as well in terms of how they're playing. So I think that they're really sort of working on their combinations on the field and, a lot of those players are sort of getting more familiar with each other now that they've played a lot of games, you know, together just over halfway through the season now. Where at the start of the season, maybe it was just, you know, a point of just trying to get familiar with each other and maybe they just weren't sure where best to get the best out of each of their players. But it looks as though that they're slowly starting to figure that out now at West Canberra. And like I said, it's a great point for them against an informed Monero team who... You know, Monero will be a little bit disappointed that they, you know, were, were held to a draw uh, in this game, Matt, especially, you know, on the point that they're, they've been in such great form. They're in the top three. And this result actually, you know, puts them four points behind Gungarland now, you know, who, who are in second place at the moment behind uh, league leaders, Canberra Croatia. So it does have a little bit of an impact on them. They're trying to really get themselves to move from third two second so very very unusual with the two draws that we've just uh gone over no no goals to to break down which is another sort of strange aspect of this but nevertheless it probably showed that you know but bearing the conditions that both team well all four teams sorry were a lot more sort of solid defensively and you know there's four clean sheets there as well so i'm sure that you know there can't be too many you know frowns on the on the faces of those associated with those clubs no not at all and like we said west canberra these results were bound to come they they definitely haven't been playing like they've been a you know a, a bottom table team so um sort of like we're going to say for cpl i uh, with yep. if uh, let's just say West Canberra get a win against um, O'Connor, uh, not really midweek, like Monday um, after the weekend off. Or if they get a, a draw, they will three. If they get a draw, three point three points off Belco. If if they get a win, they're only one point off Belco, so they will be you know right back into the mix. And then, um, so it, it's going to be very interesting to see how we go. But in terms of Manara, I think they'll probably be a little more disappointed with the draw. I mean that regard, regard considering they're they're what now four points off Gungalan, but once again it just comes down to see how important that game will be between Monaro Gungalan and then Monaro and Croatia again, and then Gungalan and Croatia again. It's going to be we're going to see an interesting end to the season between the bottom of the table and the top of the table and the top four. Uh, so despite the nil or draws, it does give us some interesting perspectives as we head into um, the final half of the season. And next up, Canberra Croatia against Belconnen United, 4-0 to Canberra Croatia. Tanoski with two goals, Dominici with a goal, and Barrich with a goal. Um, big, bigger result here for Canberra Croatia, 4-0, of course. 
and a home win as well. Belco, um, this is always usually a pretty close matchup, unfortunately for Belco. Um, in terms of the scoreline anyway, that wasn't the case this time round. Canberra Croatia with a blitzing start in the first half. Tonoski opened the scoring pretty early um, with an absolutely blistering header. He absolutely um, smashed that into the, um, into the corner. And the height on that as well, Michael, might I say, he got quite a bit of height on that jump. And his second goal, which was the third goal, linked up quite well there and um, was able to bury it in the, in the back of the net. Uh, Stephen Dominici was the second goal of the matchup in the 22nd minute. Uh, what was key for this one was the Canberra Croatia midfield, uh, the pressing to go forward uh, to win it back in midfield. Uh, Barrett, um, after it was eventually pressed, and uh, I think I believe it was Kier, uh, put the ball to Barrach, and Barrach uh, was able to cross it in, came off one of the Belco defenders and Dominici was there, recouped the ball and put an absolute bullet above Alex Connell in the goals, put it just underneath the crossbar. Not much Connell could do about that bullet there. Focal point, as always, up front, Stephen Dominici and uh, Daniel Barrach put the icing on the cake in the second half with another towering header um, to add to his goal tally this season and put the sort of final nail in the coffin of this matchup. Belko obviously will be disappointed to lose 4-0 in this matchup, uh, especially since their form recently has been uh, has been pretty good. And unfortunately for them, they also go, they also concede a point on West Canberra, who are slowly starting to creep up on the rest of the competition. And due to this as well, Tigers go an extra point above them. Uh, so there's now two points. Uh, sorry, there's only one point now between. Tigers and Belco when they were tied on points before and Tigers also have uh, the better of the goal difference if it comes down to that. So Belco, this is one of those results where they sort of need to just um, move on, obviously take what you can from it, but not dwell on this one too much because this is a crucial time uh, between West Canberra, Belco, Tigers, uh, yeah, Olympic, even though Olympic uh, are, are still sort of close uh, to this one as well. They're also not, they're only like a point off O'Connor. Um, so between, you know, fourth, between fourth at the moment and eighth, it's very, very close. Next up, we have Gungolan United and O'Connor Knights, Matt. And this was, you know, easily one of the games uh, of the season. You know, we're, like you said before, where the two previous matches before the one you just dissected, we didn't have any goals in those first two games, but there were, Plenty and plenty of goals in this one. Seven in total. Gungalan came away 4-3 winners in this match. You know, goals from Bernabeu, Madrid, Mikkel, Gaspari and McLaughlin. And for O'Connor, it was Adams with a brace and Eddie Coggan getting on the score sheet for the Knights. An absolute blockbuster that took place between these two teams, Matt. You know, it was pretty much what you would have expected heading into the game. Um, especially when you consider the last encounter that they had earlier on in the season as well. Uh, two quality teams and it was absolute fireworks, you know, um, you know, to, and, you know, right from the beginning, you know, Gongolin showed, you know, how devastating they can be on the counter. And especially when you got Bernabo Madrid attacking space, you know, when you've got a defense that's trying to play you offside, um, you know, it only smells trouble. And we talked about his NPL goal scoring record, Matt. And when you have him in, 
positions in and around the box, you pretty much know that most of the time it's going to go in. And that's exactly what he did. You know, he tucked the ball home in uh, brilliantly uh, into the bottom corner. But the Knights hit them straight back, Matt, you know, a minute later, you know, through, through Michael Adams, you know, uh, he pounced on a, and an opportunity that uh, he, he created for himself by putting a bit of pressure on uh, Bonamo Rene. And, you know, he, he was the quicker to react, uh, approach the box and uh, found the back of the net with a nice finish as well. And I, I felt as though from that moment on, that's when Ghana's really started to, create numerous opportunities for themselves to try and get a lead. And that actually came back to bite them because it was the Knights who actually went two one ahead, um, you know, through Coggan. And there was a bit of sort of drama around the goal because you can see um, he cl- he clatters into the keeper and the keeper's on the ground. And then uh, there's a bit of mayhem going on in the box and he, he gets the ball and tucks it in. Uh, the referee doesn't uh, say anything. He says, play on. And at that point, it's 2-1 to to the Knights just before halftime, a crucial time as well, getting that goal a couple of minutes before the break to go into halftime with a lead. And Gungahlin United, they obviously had a stern talking to at halftime from Marcel Munoz at halftime because they, they came out uh, with a good intensity in the second half. They put the pressure on and that's what, you know, got themselves uh, level at, at 2-2 through Mikkel. Uh, it, it was great sort of improvisation to play sort of a short corner set piece and he sort of Mikkel got the ball in the box, took a really nice touch in a crowded box, and sort of just glanced the ball into the into the bottom corner along the ground. And then they um they were able to put on some excellent football from around the box, Matt. You know, some great link up play, and that led to Gaspari scoring and making it three two to Gunners. And then eleven minutes later, uh, this was the crucial goal, where McLaughlin. Uh, scored 11, 11 minutes later, like I said. Uh, he saw the keeper coming out. He sort of just uses the outside of the foot a little bit to put it past him. And, you know, the defence just didn't have enough time there to try and provide a clearance. And that made it 4-2. Obviously, Adams scored his second goal of the game in injury time, but it just proved a little bit of a case of too little, too late. And it sort of just sums up what a game of football that was, Matt, uh, an absolutely cracking game. Uh, a great result for Gung Island United as it still keeps pressure on Canberra Croatia at the top of the table. And for O'Connor, they're obviously still in fourth spot. Uh, they still occupy a position in the top four, but they will be looking around them at those teams that will be looking to, you know, get points and make their case for getting inside uh, the top four. So nothing of a point of concern for O'Connor Knights. They're still a quality side that have great players, uh, although they didn't get the result this time. You know, they're still a top four side and you can be sure they'll bounce back um, in in less to no time. Uh, yeah, just before that, uh, we should probably mention it was a very fiery affair, quite a few cards uh, for both sides, something like 11 accumulated cards or something like that. Oh, yes. Um, Alex, yep. uh, Alex Tirinich was um, uh, was sent off as well, that um, the assistant coach, and also um, there were a few, like there were a few calls as well in terms of, you know, uh, handball calls for penalties and um Chaotic. challenges that both sides thought were you know too rough and that went without knowing i think daniel roberts as well got um came off after one of the challenges if i'm not mistaken um 
And so there was just it was just one of those fiery games. Let's get straight into our matches for the week. Uh, for I would I was going to say the weekend, but the next fortnight, obviously, Kanga Cup is happening, so there won't be any games this weekend. Michael, let's start with the first one at Melrose Synthetic West Canberra Wanderers Bengali United Saturday sixteenth two fifteen p.m. Melrose Synthetic uh, West Canberra Wanderers will have a competitive match in that time well just after that weekend on the monday they're playing their catch-up game against o'connor i think this will be a close one the west Canberra, like we said they've uh, turned around their form in terms of results anyway we've always discussed how well they've been playing uh gangalan though at the moment only one point off canberra croatia i can't see them slipping up anytime soon in saying that though it's going to be a close one i'm going to go for gangalan victory here what will be uh, interesting, though, like we said, will uh, what result will West Canberra be coming into this matchup uh, from the O'Connor match? Will it be a win, draw, or a loss? That might be pivotal in into how this um, matchup plays out. Yeah, I'm going to go for a gun goal on United winning this one, but it'll be very close, like you mentioned. And, you know, I honestly wouldn't even be surprised if West Canberra were to come away with a result in this game, Matt, they've built up a little bit of momentum now, like I mentioned earlier, two games uh, unbeaten, four points from their last two, something that they haven't managed to do for this season. That'll give them a lot of confidence, but I just see the quality and the confidence that Gagal and United are playing with at the moment. You know, prior to that last match against O'Connor, you know, they defeated Canberra Croatia. So they're in tremendous form at the moment and they're going to be hard to stop. So I'm going to go for Gungahlin. Next up, Belconi United Tigers FC, Saturday, June 16th, 3 p.m. at McKellar. We mentioned there's only one point between these two teams at the moment, Michael, that will be pivotal in that regard. So a lot to play for in this one. Uh, for that reason, I'm going to sit on the fence for this one and say a draw. Uh, Matt, I'm going to go for a Belconi United win. Uh, in this match, even though they've, you know, had a bit of a mixed season, you know, they have had some positive sparks uh, here and there. And I think it sort of speaks to the troubles a little bit why I'm picking Belconnen in this one due to the struggles of Tigers and, you know, their ability. Well, they haven't, they're, they're just in a sort of pretty big rut at the moment. Uh, Tigers, but we know they have the quality to bounce back, and I wouldn't be surprised if they were to do it in a match like this. And I think the addition of Kofi Danning, like you mentioned, is a big piece for them, and he could prove to be valuable in terms of getting Tigers back on the right track. But I do see Belconnen United uh, winning this match, especially at home at McKellar, where they've been able to perform a little bit better recently. Next up, the big one, O'Connor Knights, Canberra Croatia, Saturday 16th, 3pm at O'Connor in close. Uh, it, should ha- it should have a week off. I'm not sure if there are any Kanga Cup matches that might be on that pitch. But like we said, uh, the pitch didn't look like in the best of conditions, which we all, we both know uh, mm. the style of play that both teams like to play. Uh, but look, I'm going to go for a draw here. It was very close last time, wasn't it, Michael? Canberra Croatia getting it in the death. Um, look, obviously with Canberra uh, O'Connor Knight, sorry, it all depends on how, uh, how that Monday result goes. That could like with the West Canberra one, that could have a telling um, say on how this match goes as well. Uh, O'Connor always, they're always up uh, for any matchup, but they're always up for the Derby, especially. And considering last time they probably have 
um, a point to prove, uh, considering they only lost in the depth. So I'm going to sit on the fence for this one. How about you, Michael? I was close to sitting on the fence with this one, but I think Canberra Croatia are going to edge it. I think there plays a little bit of psychological warfare in the way that the match that went down last time between these two teams will play into this next match. And we always talk about the quality that Canberra Croatia possess, especially in big moments and in big games as well. They always turn up and you know that they're going to give 110%. So I'm inclined to stick with my Canberra Croatia pick, but it'll certainly be close. All these matches have been really close so far. And that, you know, that doesn't change with the next and last match that we've got. No, it doesn't. Monaro Panthers, Canberra Olympics, Saturday, 16th, 5.45 p.m. at Riverside. It's going to be a very tough one, especially since Olympic could have, you know, the opt- if, if they get a win in this one, they could have the opportunity of getting the four, depending on how results go um, in the next couple of matches uh, regarding O'Connor Knights. Uh, so there's a lot on the line here for both sides. Uh, depending on how results go, Monaro could be... Um, moving up the ladder as well. Uh, so a lot on the line here. Uh, I'm going to go with the Monaro victory, uh, but it'll be very close. I think this will be a very, very close matchup. Not to say Olympic can't get a result here uh, because Olympic, let's not forget, did take Monaro to the limit the last time they both played here in that FA Cup semi-final, which Monaro won on penalties. How about you, Michael? Yeah, I'm going to go for Monaro as well. I expect them to bounce back following that defeat. Oh, sorry, uh, with that draw that they had against West Canberra. I just think that they'll take what they they can from that game and they'll look to obviously improve. Uh, They'll no doubt be disappointed with coming away with a point in those circumstances uh, against West Canberra, even though West Canberra have drastically improved over the last few weeks. But I see them coming out with a strong intensity, especially in a game like this when we saw how good the game was that they played in the Australian Cup, like you mentioned, Matt. So I think that's that trend is going to continue and boil over into this one. Should be a cracker, but I am, yeah, going to go for Monero. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to our MPLW segment of the show. Joining me, as always, is Jeremy McGuire. Jeremy, uh, glad to see you again. And um, did you get warm, mate, after the horrendous wind yesterday that when we called the game? It was cold, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, windy, going and yeah, cold oval. wind. <laughs> I wasn't sure if I was going to uh, to be sick today because uh, as like every other man, whenever it gets a bit cold, I get sick really quickly, but I'm, but I'm actually okay. W- warmed up real quick. The hot bath was necessary. <laughs> I'm sure it would have been. Let's get straight into the action. Big game over at McKellar Park. 2-1 Canberra, Croatia over Belconi United. Keating and Ross with the goals for Croatia. Clark with the goal for Belconi United. Canberra Croatia, once again, another victory, still undefeated in this competition. Uh, 10 wins, I believe, and two draws for Croatia. Uh, very strong first half. Uh, like we said, Keating and Ross with the goals. Keating's header might add, Jeremy. Very, very good header. Got some good height on that jump as well. Uh, Bell Connum got back in, uh, tried to get themselves back into the game with that goal with 20 minutes to go. And you thought maybe can they spark a, a comeback here? Uh, overall, Jeremy, uh, another Canberra Croatia win, but Belko trying to make that comeback maybe a little too late, like we've seen sort of in these uh, big games recently. 
Yeah, maybe. I think it was a, a very good game as far as intensity yeah. goes. It, it, it was obviously always going to be interesting to see how Canberra Croatia um, works without having Krista Hagen in the middle of the park. Um, I think Bela Baraj wasn't playing either yesterday. Um, so Anna was, was, was starting um, and so was Siena Birni and Brittany Palombi and Grace Gill. So the tactic would have been would have been changed a bit. And that's a few injuries now with, with Canberra Croatia, as we mentioned when we were calling the game. So uh, it's always going to be hard for the reigning champions to keep winning when they keep yeah. losing some of their best players with Ali Churchill um, already uh, already out for, for the season. So they, they did what they could do well. I think they defended really well, Canberra Croatia. It's important and they uh, took advantage of their momentum. I mean, that goal from Beck hitting on a corner kick is is you know, is very, um, like, it's great for Canberra Croatia to be able to score almost on, not on their first attack, but as soon as they can bring the danger into the box, making it count uh, is always important. And then after that, uh, I think Belconen maybe was a bit too, maybe a bit too nice, I guess, offensively. Uh, it was, there were some opportunities, but always the last shot was deflected or there was always the, always a foot in front of the ball. Uh, and maybe yeah, lacking a bit of that killer instinct that, that could have um, could have probably get them a point or more. Uh, like the player who has the most opportunity, the most short target is Karen Clark for, from a distance. And uh, maybe that says a bit as well that how strong Canberra Croatia is defensively, but also maybe what Belconen United needs to, to work on to try and get those points against those big teams, which they haven't uh, managed to do the, this season, except the one point against Olympic, of course. So, so yeah, it's it's good for Canberra Croatia because they're showing us how strong they are. They're showing us the resources. Uh, good, great for Anna Rose that she scores in her first start. Very, very selfless from Bitney Palombi. We've seen her trying a, a chance from this uh, from this angle. And, and this time she picked at the far post Anna Rose. But, uh, but yeah, it'll be... I think it's getting hard for Canberra Croatia because obviously they are losing um, their talent and, and they have to call a bit more in the resist player, etc. We'll see if they can keep going the, the way they are. For Belkan United, it's it's better. It's it's only a 2-1 um, defeat. So hopefully they can also um, find the positive in that and work on uh, you know what is the difference between winning by losing by one goal and, and an equalizer or or a win and, and finish the season on high. And Belco do go up to third place as well after that um, catch-up match against CUA where they were fourth before six points off Canberra Olympic they are. Next up, we've got, like I just mentioned then, Canberra Olympic 3-0 over West Canberra Wanderers at Melrose. Jaloka, Roden and Ash Sykes. Despite, um, obviously, West Canberra's form this season, I know they're coming off those three draws, but they haven't lost too much uh, this season. They weren't able to um, uh, put that into display against uh, against Canberra Olympic. Obviously, it's very hard against an Olympic side that, like we've mentioned before, know they sort of have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder in terms of results. They know they can't drop any more. Uh, they can't afford to drop many uh, any more results, um, considering they only play Canberra uh, Croatia one more time. Uh, some of these goals are really good. Uh, the Jalaka goal sort of on the end of a scramble. Roden's was a great uh, touch and turnaround from her. Like I've mentioned uh, recently, she's been a bit of an unsung hero for Olympic this season, been very pivotal in that midfield. And Ash Sykes' goal, uh, what she does best, running behind off, I believe it was Sarah Johnson, put a ball through to her there uh, and uh, using that speed to get on the end of it and, of course, expertly putting it in the corner. Uh once another win for Olympic here, Jeremy, what did you make of this one? Uh, yeah, I don't know if 
Sarah Johnston's second assist to Ashley Syke was uh, was on purpose. We'll say yes, but you see that when she passes the ball, you see her reaction and she's a bit like, ah, as if she missed the pass. And then it ended up being a, an assist for, for Ash Syke. So I'm sure she was happy to see the ball ending that way. Uh, yeah, look, Olympic, we, we mentioned that when we were commenting on them at O'Connor. They're probably... If you're West Kebra, you're probably better off facing Olympic at O'Connor right now than you are on your own turf because yeah, Olympic the knows, right? Because Olympic knows how to play uh, football and how to play quick football. And when you play on synthetic, even though the players aren't used to play on synthetic, at least the ball goes where you intend it to be. Uh, and we've seen that it was it just was waves after waves of Olympic attacking. And for West Kebra, you could see the fatigue coming maybe maybe way too early for Ray Castro in the defense. I mean, um, that first goal is a scramble and there's not so much you can do, but that second goal, McGrodden, who's, who's so good at finding the empty space and, and going into the box when it matters, had so much space in that box and you just can't afford that if you're if you're West Camp, right? You can't have, uh, I think it was Melo Callahan who was four meters away from McGrodden in the box. You, you just can't have that and, and then they pay it straight away. So, so you know, Canberra Olympic will will be there until the end. They score when it matters. They they had definitely a few opportunities to score more. So 3-0 uh, is not the worst result for West Canberra because they show that they could still stop Olympic, I guess, at least 50% of the time. Um, so so it's going to be for West Canberra, it's, I don't know if it's a wake-up call, but I guess it's it's showing where their level is and, and what they have to do to be able to stop those teams when the conditions are favoring the other team. It's, it's going to take, uh, I guess, a, a bit more hard work, a bit more focus, a bit more intensity. Uh, and Canberra Olympic was playing without Mickey Thornton, um, who's injured right now. So it's also, you know, a, a weapon that was taken off. But again, we, we keep, you know, we keep saying how great the, the squad coached by Nicole Begg is and how much depth there is. Um, so you lose Mickey Thornton and you still have uh, an 11 that co- could probably start in any other team uh, in the competition. So, so good win for, for Canberra Olympic. They are definitely putting number three and number four away with, with that win. Uh, and, and now the focus is really that battle against Kebra Croatia for the premiership, uh, which as you said, very, very rightly. So they have to win every single game Olympic and hope that Canberra Croatia is going to trip somewhere to try and get that premiership. And I'm sure that that's what they're going to do until the very end of the season, or at least um, endeavor to do because they, they'd like to to have, you know, a nice little uh, triplet, the the cup, the premiership, the championship. I'm sure it's something that is somewhere in, in the head of the Olympic players. And next up is CUA 2-1 loss against Wagga City Wanderers. Scott and Castle with the goals for Wanderers. Ruth Mueller with the goal for Canberra United Academy. Huge result for Wagga City Wanderers. This is their first victory of the season. Made a good account of themselves as well in this matchup. Scored, you know, scored uh, two of them, you know, won the first half very early, put themselves in a good position. Um which is good to show, uh, see, you know, Wagga go that and go on the offense, offensive early and get that um, goal. And sort of similar, like we said last week, Jeremy, sort of they took advantage, or one of them they took advantage anyway of sort of a, a slip up at the back. And they're really taking that initiative, uh, like like we've mentioned the last couple of weeks, like Sam Gray mentioned when he came on as uh, well. And they were able to see the victory out as well. Reef Mueller's goal, um, I saw... It, I think they were calling for an offside there and I went back and watched it and I, I thought it was onside, but um, you could clearly tell that Wagga were sort of expecting that to be called as, or at least the players anyway, majority of them were expecting that to be called as an offside. Um, and I guess what's also important for Wagga City is they're only one point off Tuggeron United now, Jeremy. 
Yeah, exactly. It's, I mean, it's a massive win for, for the Wanderers and congratulations. And, uh, you know, when you work hard, you reap the rewards eventually. Uh, it might not be the game where they thought they were going to get the win, the Wanderers, but kudos to them uh, coming to, to Hawker and, and getting the win over Cameron United Academy. Uh, Megan Castle's 50th um, WNPL game and, and a wonderful free kick to celebrate it. I think the Academy will be disappointed. I mean, you know, the past few games, they might have shown that it was maybe not as good as we've seen at the beginning of the season, the, the, the mix of the injuries and, uh, you know, of course, the, the body taking the, the bit of a blow as far as fatigue for, for the academy players, just because there's so many games playing at once and there's more training than other teams, yeah. etc. So there's a lot of football played. Um, the weather definitely affected the game a little bit. The first goal, you can see that the ball goes high in the air and, and you and me felt the win at Gangalini probably was about the same at Hawker. Um, so, so the ball becomes a bit hard to, to clear away. And, and then, um, you know, the um, Piper Scott didn't leave any chance to Eliza Evans and, and was happy to score that first goal. It's, you know, it's it's great that Wagasichi was able to get the win. We were waiting for it all season. Uh, it's going to motivate that young group to finish the season on a high note. It's it's so hard when you just can't get a positive result, regardless of how well you, you might be playing. Um, so it's well deserved that they finally get those three points. Uh, for the academy, it's, it's back to work. It was an opportunity to get close to the top four that has been wasted. And now they see Gongalin coming back on them. Um, hopefully, you know, Sarah West will find the words to, uh, to remotivate her team. Uh, the season is not over for them. They can go to the top four. You just have to, you just can't afford to make those kind of mistakes. And next up, Gungali United 3-1 over Tyrone United. Erica Pennyfield opened the score in the first half with a nice strike after a trademark Gungalan sequence, passing around and shifting their markers. Uh, in terms of Gungalan's go- goals anyway, Piper Lockley's goal, uh, was also great, took down the ball uh, beautifully and struck it nicely, um, buried it in the back of the net. I don't, she beat her marker as well to get to that one. Ella Brown came off the bench as well, and her goal was probably the epitome of a bullet uh, from outside the box. Big win for Gungalan. Uh, new coach Andrew Woodman is now two wins from two in both his matches, and this is Gungalan's third win of the season and their only victory that wasn't against Wagga City Wanderers. If I'm not mistaken, they also leapfrog CUA. Um, in terms of uh, the ladder, yes, they do. Just had to double check that. Uh, they leapfrog CUA as well into fifth place, but they are nine points, if I'm not mistaken, off. West Canberra Wanderers, who are in four. So still a bit of work to do to get into the top four, but uh, Woodman seems to be finding that consistency at the moment with Gungarland. Uh In terms of Tuggies, though, the scoreline in terms of being going down by two uh, as the difference, probably a little harsh on them in this matchup. Uh, Gungala did you create more opportunities in that regard, but I thought Tuggies also played uh, very well. We mentioned their pressing, which they pressed for um, quite a bit of this matchup, uh, Jeremy, especially a lot in that first half. Uh, safe to say they probably, I would say, smothered the midfield, uh, forced Gungala into their mid- central midfielders anyway to play it back always and then Gungarlands, I would say in that first half, most of their chances came down through the wings, not through the midfield because uh, Tyrone just gave them no, uh, very little space in that regard. And Hall's goal was a screamer as well uh, from outside the box. Uh, great reaction as well for that one, only two minutes after the goal. Um, sort of faded near the end though. Like I said, two goals, uh, the difference between them, probably a little harsh on them, but um, they played very well and they might, they'll probably be a little disappointed to drop points there. Jeremy? Yeah, we've seen, you know, Paolo Romero's reaction at the end, right? When we when we told him that he 
that his team played a good game. He was definitely disappointed, saying that you know they fall asleep twice and twice they concede in the end of the game, and and that's that's unfortunate. But it's also a learning curve for for Turkey's and and for that team who's, as we can see, playing really well together now. The the press was coordinated. Uh, we said during the comms that we didn't know if they were going to be able to to keep that press up when they were going to play against the wind, and they did, uh, and they did well. I, I was I was very pleasantly surprised, you know, again by by Turgunong, uh, and and how well they set up defensively and how well they able to bring the the danger to the other team at least make them doubt their ability to to build up play. And you know we've seen some uncharacteristic mistakes from, from Gungarin, whether it was the the, the Tonini passes that weren't precise enough or, or some of the controls from the defenders or the midfielders, but but it's not necessarily individual mistake more so than then than just they were under pressure for 90 minutes and and it's tiring and the conditions um didn't help uh but but if you know that whenever you get the ball there's a player who's going to be on you in five seconds uh then your decisions are a bit rushed and it's a bit harder to to make the right decision and Turgrening really created that doubt um to sorry in in the gangaling mind as far as Gangarin goes, we know the talent that there is in that team. Uh, Andrew Woodman is trying to get the, the best out of it. And there's moments in the game where we see, like against the win, I think they were probably better against the win than they were with the win, uh, the Gunners. But uh, a couple of times, they're able to just bring the ball back up. One, two, three, four, five touches. As you mentioned, usually finishing on the, on the wings with uh, both Erika Pennyfields and, and Annie Groves uh, working really hard yesterday afternoon. Uh, but you do still expect a little bit more from the Gunners. You can see that, you know, the DeMargo sisters, they're not at the top of their confidence uh, football-wise. You know, sometimes there's a bit of lack of movement to try and get the ball out better. And, and as I mentioned, the second half, when they have the win in their back, I thought that there was a chance that they were going to just, um, you know, settle siege on, on the Turgonong's box, but it didn't happen. They were not able to do that. Uh, and I'm sure, you know, Andrew Van will look back at that game and say, it's great, we got the win, and we could see how happy it was when Ella Brown finally scores the third. Uh, but there's still some work to do for the Gunners and, and for them to end up where we expect them to be, which is much closer to the top four, um, that work will, will, will need to happen. And, you know, what better test than uh, facing Canberra Olympic in a couple of weeks? Let's get into our round 13 fixtures in a fortnight's time. Wagga City Wanderers as Belcon United, Sunday, July 17th, 2.30pm at Gissing Oval in Wagga. I'm going to say Belco for this one, but Wagga will be coming off a boatload of confidence after getting their first victory of the season, knowing that they're only one point off seventh place, Jeremy. Yeah, it's it's almost heartbreaking that you're facing Belcon after getting the, those first win of the season, because uh, Belco is is going there to take no prisoners. They have to get the win, uh, and so they'll fight hard for it. I'll I'll go for a win for Belcon as well. Canberra United Academy Tuggeron United Sunday June seventeenth two thirty p.m. at Hawker Football Centre. Um, like like you said, uh, CY probably not on the best of form. I really like what I've seen from Tuggeron for what I've seen the last couple of weeks. I'm going to go down the middle and say a draw here. About you, Jeremy. Uh, I'll give the win to CUA, hoping that they they use that game to uh, to bounce back. But it's one hundred percent going to be a, a tough matchup. Canberra Croatia West Canberra Wanderers Sunday June seventeenth. Sorry, July seventeenth. D uh, three p.m. at Deakin Stadium. I'm going to say Canberra Croatia here. Uh, the last time we were there, though, we called this matchup, and West Canberra defended very well for the first was it twenty or so minutes and forced uh, Canberra Croatia into a change, and then. They didn't open up for Canberra Croatia until then, really. Uh, so I'm sure they'll take something out of that matchup, but I'm going to say Croatia here. How about you, Jeremy? 
Yeah, I'll go for Canberra Croatia as well. I'll, I'll be at that game with uh, with Russ. Russ doesn't have any uh, men's game on that yeah, Sunday, so we'll elements. do the yep. exactly. So we'll do the um, the uh, women's together on on Sunday at Deakin. Uh, I'll go for a Canberra Croatia win as well, although I'm sure that um, West Canberra will will try and come in and prevent Canberra Croatia from scoring as long as possible as usual. Bengal United Canberra Olympic next Sunday, June uh, sorry, July seventeenth. Uh, must write June for all this. Uh, July 17th, 3 p.m. Gangalan enclosed. Andrew Woodman up against his old side Olympic for the first time, I believe, since he's left. Um, this should be an interesting one considering Gangalan's recent form. But like we said, uh, it's a bit hard to bet against Olympic when um, they know they have a, a mission till the end of the season. Yeah, I'd, I'd go for an Olympic win as well for, for that exact reason. They have to win every single game. Um, I, I think, you know, Nicole Beck knows what the, the journey is and, and I'm sure they'll do whatever it takes, takes two points again. And that's it for us. Weekend off uh, in terms of football anyway. Uh, Jeremy, uh, any last words? I, you told me you, were, you watched some Kanga Cup today. Yeah, I went to uh, the the Colwell Fields to to watch a bit of the uh, I think it was the the cup uh, round that's played at Cowell Field today. Uh, great, great football. Great to see the the youth of uh, of the region and of the country uh, battling it out. Both uh, both boys and girls uh, played some good football. And uh, yeah, anybody who's listening, just just go and watch some football this week. There's a lot of it uh, all around the capital, so it's a, it's a good opportunity to see. Um, some some players that unfortunately weren't able to to come to the capital the past couple of years. Uh, finally, uh, a, a youth tournament. There's nothing better than football tournament. So uh, go and watch the Kanga Cup. And let's hope the weather <laughs> keeps at bay because uh, anyone that's been here for an extended period of time knows it always rains in Kanga Cup week, at least two days <laughs> at least. So let's see how that goes. And we'll kick things off with a big result uh, in CPL. Uh, Wagga City Wanderers. 3-2 against ANU out there in Wagga. Uh, Kazola, Matheson and Lucas on the score sheet for the home team. And Deans with a double for ANU. Very competitive first half in this one with Wagga uh, coming back twice from behind in the first half to level the score uh, heading into the break. Obviously, that gave them a lot of confidence going into the second half. And that's what uh, Lucas was then able to produce. He made it 3-2 just a couple of minutes after half time uh, to obviously prove to be the difference in this match in the second half. You know, it's a huge, huge win for Wagga City, you know, as they make it two from two against ANU already this season, Matt. And I don't think many people would have predicted that at the start of the year. And that's not to say that Wagga aren't a good side, but we just know how good ANU are. And they've proven, proven to have their number uh, twice already this season. You know, this uh, victory also means that Wagga's only two points off Brindis and the top four. So they're right in the mix, Matt, very close, a huge result in the context of that as well, of them trying to get closer to the top four. You know, it was a competitive first half, you know, like we, like we mentioned, ANU, they did manage to take the lead twice. However, they were pegged back uh, twice uh, going into half time, which, you know, would have been frustrating for them, you know, having to work so hard to build those two leads only to be, you know, only to lose those two leads in the space of one half of football and, you know, Chase Deans was, you know, for, he scored both of their goals, you know, as he adds to his growing goals tally, we know how prolific he's been in CPL football for a very long time. And, you know, despite the loss, and you like, they still remain above Wagga via goal difference at this stage and two points off 
uh, Brindies and the top four. So they're exactly just in that place as well, right in the mix as they sit in fifth position, just outside the top four. And we've mentioned that ANU, you know, they had a difficult start to the season and then they managed to sort of turn it around a little bit. This result will help hurt them slightly, but it'll be important for them just to keep their heads and move forward as they look to get themselves back in the top four. Cause we we've been so used to them as a top four side for so long in this competition. And, you know, it just makes you think when they'll be able to sort of get themselves back in there, you feel as though they will. And, but you just can't put your finger on sort of when they'll be able to do it. Uh, what's the next uh, matchup that we've got, Matt? It was another huge, huge result. And I think it would have been one that not many people were expecting. Well, it is the derby, right? You throw sort of form yeah. out the window, as Webby said last week on the show. Huge win for White Eagles. 2-0 victory. Kagala with both the goals as they bounce back tremendously from their loss to Ugali last week. Uh, Kagala's two goals came in the space of three minutes uh, to extend his tally to 15 for the season. Uh, Kagala's second goal was reportedly an absolute worldie as well to seal those points. Uh, White Eagles stood firm defensively uh, after these two goals uh, near the end of the first half and in the second half uh, sort of had the backs against the wall, of course, against a, of course, against a Queanbeyan side who would have been, you know, rampaging to sort of make that comeback. Um, in terms of Queanbeyan, though, always disappointing to lose a derby match. Uh, but in this case, especially, they would have been disappointed considering that they gained that ground on Tuggeron last week. And now after this loss and Tuggeron's victory, it means that they lose ground and it's now eight points the difference. Uh, like we said, Queenie did push back and try and make that breakthrough. Apparently they had a lot of chances in this one near the end of the first half and in the second half, uh, but White Eagles were able to stand firm and make those two goals that they scored count and their really good start that they had to the match count. Uh, unfortunately for Queenie, like we said previously, when it was seven points um, adrift two weeks ago, it, it's, a, it's going to be a hill for them to climb now. Uh, but what they can do is obviously they're just going to focus on their own game, try and pick up as many points as they can uh, and hope that Tuggies drop some points. Uh, like we said, though, a bit of a hill to climb for Queenbian. Absolutely. Moving on. Next up, Matt, we have Yulgali, who got a 3-1 victory against Western Malongolo. Isaac Donadell, Priest, and Armanini on the score sheet for the hosts and Sellers on the score sheet for the visiting team in this one. Ugali opened the scoring early on through Isaac Donadell, uh, Joe Priest, and uh, Armani, you know, scored, Armanini, sorry, to, uh, scored to get on, to get Ugali uh, back uh, in the lead and seal the points, you know, respectively. It's a huge win for them, you know, as they're now four points off the top four. So, you know, just even by what we've sort of broke down so far, a lot of implications for sides in and around that top four from this past weekend, Matt. You know, we mentioned last week they just needed a couple of, you know, good results in the near future to make this a reality. And now they're sort of back in there. And, you know, they've put some really good form together and results are speaking for that over the last few rounds. You know, Western, you know, they pushed, uh, but they certainly didn't make it easy for you, Gal. You know, they struck, struck back through. Michael Seller uh, to level the score scoring in this game. Obviously, before Priest uh, gave them the lead back, 
you know, they, they weren't able to hold on uh, as your goalie pushed uh, at that point in the match. And, you know, once again, a lot of absences that don't make things, you know, easy for a, a football side. And, you know, they seem to have traveled with only two subs, uh, like Webby mentioned to us last week on the show. So very difficult in, in those circumstances, Matt, when you don't have, you know, enough firepower, even just on the bench to sort of help give guys a break and a rest. But nevertheless, a great result for Yulgali. Uh, gets them in and around that top four, like we mentioned, with these other teams fighting for, you know, top four football. And, you know, Western, they've just got to pick themselves up. You know, we say this every week, but they just have to keep going. They can't keep hanging their heads too low. They've got to just have a little bit more belief that they can, you know, get a win. And I'm sure that they'll be able to do that uh, in no time. What uh, match do we have last up from our CPL action? Next up, Tuggeron United, Brindabella Blues, 3-0 to Tuggeron, once in the Tuggeron derby. Once again, another early and quick start from Tuggies, as has been their custom this season. Bunel and Hislop with the goals early on. Uh, Walker rounded off the victory late on in the matchup with his 13th goal of the season. After last week's second half uh, slip-up of the three-goal lead, Tuggies made sure to be resolute defensively and try and keep that clean sheet, as we sort of um, pointed out, would probably, they would be aiming to make this case, um, you know, after last week. Uh, another important factor is, of course, like we mentioned before, now eight points ahead in the race for promotion. So they've given themselves a really good cushion again after they conceded some points last week. Uh, Mitch Stevens, I've been told, was absent from this encounter, as well as, uh, Ray Juner as well for the Brindies. So both sides without their head coach heading into this fixture. Brindies weren't able to round off their great form against you know the best side at the moment in the competition. Uh, however, their performance, from what I've been told, was better against than their first one against Tuggeranong in this one, once again illustrating the improvement of this very young side. They're still in the top four, though. They did drop from third to fourth with this defeat and are two points behind White Eagles. And they are also two points ahead of the likes of Wagga and ANU. And like we said, like you mentioned before, uh, everyone from Ugali up, it's got, they've all got a chance for this top four. So we're in for a very interesting final half of the season, per se. Uh, what are our round 13 fixtures to happen in a fortnight, Michael? We'll kick things off with Western Malongolo, who play host to Queanbeyan City, Matt, Saturday 16th, 2.45pm at Woden Park, enclosed. I'm going to go for a Queanbeyan City win in this one. They'll be chomping at the bit to right that wrong of losing to White Eagles. Obviously, it's a derby. A lot's on the line and those are the sort of games you never want to lose in terms of bragging rights. But I do think they'll come back in this one and get the three points at the expense of Western Malonglo. What are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, look, I agree. It's going to be, like we said, it's going to be difficult for Western in terms of numbers. But Webby did say in the next couple of weeks, they should be at, uh, at fuller capacity anyway, in terms of the teams. A lot of players have been away and injured and whatnot. But like we said, Queanbeyan, uh, they've got a hill to climb and it's going to be difficult 
to see them dropping uh, dropping a lot of points recently. I'm sure they're going to try and regroup and um, try and avoid that from happening. Most certainly. Next up, we've got Brindabella Blues at home against Yulgali. Saturday 16th, 3pm at Ipen Park there in Corwell. This is going to be a very, very tough match, Matt, as both sides are sort of in similar positions on the table looking to get themselves in the top four. I'm going to go for... I'm going to go for Brindies in this one. It'll be close. I'm, I've just got this feeling that Brindies are going to sneak away well with this one. It's going to be very close, though. Yulgali are in some great form as well. It could easily be a draw, I was thinking, but I am going to lean towards Brindy. Well, there's only four points now. Of course, the difference between Ugali and Brindy's Brindy's in fourth, Ugali in seventh. Obviously, a lot to play for in the next few fixtures for everyone in and around that. I'm going to go for Brindy's here purely based on that, on the loss against uh, Tuggerong. Going to be raring to go to uh, bounce back from this one, but I wouldn't be surprised if Ugali can get the victory here or if it's even a draw. It's going to be a very, very close matchup. And there might even be a few goals in this one as well, I think. Um, but this match, very big in terms of the implications um, of the table uh, in this one. Absolutely. Next up, we have Tuggeranong United up against Wagga City Wanderers. Saturday, 16, 3 p.m. at Canberra, 201. I'm going to go for a Tuggeranong United victory. They're the table toppers. They're the team that has looked absolutely sensational so far this season in their bid to try and gain promotion back to MPL football. So I'm going to go for Tuggeranong United to get the three points in this match, but Wagga will certainly put up a fight. What's your prediction? Yeah, look, I agree. It's going to be difficult to see Tuggies drop too many points, but like you said, Wagga, uh, there's no reason why they can't, you know, uh, they're obviously going to fight for this one, but there's no reason to, to say why they can't sort of do something similar to what ANU have done. They've, they've had a very, very good uh, track record recently and really good form. Been saying that, though, I think Tuggies will just uh, be too strong for them. But it'll be close to what people think. All right. Lastly, we have ANU FC up against Canberra White Eagles. This will be an absolute cracker, Matt. Uh, Saturday, June 16th, uh, over there at ANU South Oval. I'm going to go for a Canberra White Eagles victory in this one. They'll take a lot of confidence out of that win against Queanbeyan City. I expect ANU to bounce back, but I just see Eagles, you know, being a little bit too strong, especially building and going off that confidence in that derby against Queanbeyan. And I think that was a huge, huge win for them. And it might be a point where they can sort of build a lot of confidence and, uh, you know, get some more wins under their belt instead of they've had a bit of a topsy-turvy season at some parts of the year. Obviously they've won most of their games and lost, but they just have been struggling to really get themselves in sort of formidable form like a Tuggeranong United have been able to do. What's your take? I'm going to say a draw for this one. This is a match where when they both play each other, it's always very, very close. Uh, I, I was at this match first time round and yeah, it was so close. Um, it, it was, it's, it's always a fiery match between these two as well. Very competitive. Uh, White Eagles obviously coming off that very good result. Um, there's no reason why either side can't take anything from this one. I can see this going all three ways. Uh, this one's just easy for me to send the fence. Yeah. All right. That's us done for today. Michael, what, obviously we've got another fortnight of matches, but uh, in terms of uh, 
next week, any last words? Uh, we're going to see some very big matches in terms of implications for the season next week. Yeah, we are. Um, you know, this weekend, you know, this past weekend proved a lot in terms of, you know, where teams are at and how results affected them in terms of, you know, potentially fighting for, for finals football. So I expect that to continue in a fortnight's time in terms of, you know, the results that we're going to see and what impacts that has on different teams in different positions uh, in the table for their respective leagues. And obviously, you know, we've got Kanga Cup coming up. And like you mentioned at the top, you know, it's been a two-year hiatus since we've had, you know, one of the biggest competitions in the Southern Hemisphere yep. return back to Canberra. So it'll be good for the, na- for the nation's capital to play host to that tournament again. We know how big of a competition it is. You know, whether you've watched it or you played in it, everyone knows about the Kanga Cup. So, yep. uh, you know, a lot of football festivity in, in Canberra coming up over the next sort of couple of weeks. So looking forward to getting into it. It certainly will be interesting and good luck to all those involved in the Kanga Cup. And yeah, it's a big, big week for Canberra football in that regard. Uh, we'll see you back here in a fortnight's time for episode 60. This was episode 59 of the Canberra Football Show. Thank you very much, everyone. Have a great night.